Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com Hey. You're tuned in to Cannabis Legalization News. Thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, especially if you're a subscriber, I really want to give out a uh, big shout props to our subscribers and the people that like these videos because we have the, the thumbnail is when. When, God, when is it going to be our time? Uh, and we have several federal stories about when we think, and uh, foreshadow portent, the uh, DEA may uh, reschedule cannabis. Uh, and we're going to get into that. Then we have a lot of state news. We have to name that strains. We even hopefully have a special guest joining us in about 20 minutes. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be here because we did not test it before we went live. But we're live now and we're, we're thrilled that you're here. So uh, let's get into the trending news of the week. Where StreamYard does not like us because your mic was cutting off in the middle. Like it was mm. in and out. People people were commenting, which is fine. But it always adjusts like five, two, three minutes later. So smash that like, hit the subscribe. Yeah. Let everybody know that we're talking. Because I think this is going to be a very important conversation we're about to have about the, the descheduling and reschedule. Yeah, and like when we think the rescheduling is going to happen. But we, we have been exploring, maybe we should get off StreamYard. Maybe we should go to StreamLabs. Uh, the uh, uh, strain show, the, that nice guy down there, mm -hmm. he uses Streamlabs. I've been very impressed with the quality of his videos. And so if StreamYard yeah. is uh, dropping our audio and causing us some problems, um, you know, I've, I've said we should get, get into it. It's just that it um, we have to actually do that. And I, and I work and he works. Well, know, we need an the, Yeah, We're the most professional, unprofessional show there is out there when it comes to cannabis right now you know what i mean like, like like we have no sponsors <laughs> but it, not just that but like our, our 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 points of position you know i'm coming from somebody who works in the manufacturing industry for the past almost over 20 years you're an actual lawyer who has done mm -hmm. banking law you know and then and, and so like this whole rescheduling conversation of the 
it's always been the long uh, boogeyman for 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 the cannabis activists, right? Like the conversation goes, how are we going to legalize it? Like like, right? And and I think we have uh, this this story came out just uh, on Friday. And so Friday sometimes has the best amount of stories that come out and, and it might seem like a slow news week. And then you get one of these on Friday uh, that shows Biden stands to gain a double digit political support if marijuana is rescheduled. And this is from a poll of likely voters. You know, if you are wondering when cannabis is going to be rescheduled and that's like our lead story of, of the week, it's, it's news like this that makes you think, oh, it's going to be soon. Because like Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race today. Now there's mm -hmm. two people running against Donald in the Republican primary. So it's Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. Yeah, yeah. But that's so Donald Trump. And so that again, means he's going to use this. He's going to use this for, and by he, I mean Biden is going to use this for political points. And, and it shows that it's already polling really, really well. And the election is just in 10 months. So you know you're going to see rescheduling before the next 10 months. You're going to see it this year hopefully in the spring, because there is a long public comment period. And, and then it has to become a final rule. And you, you're going to see the uh, administration, and maybe it'll be a non-issue. Maybe Donald Trump will say, we will also respect it being Schedule 3 to try to take it away oh, you from know, he, he, uh, him. But who, we don't know. We'll see what he says. This is one of those topics, though. You know, we've been, I've been talking about this for more than half my life. Uh, I just hit my 50th. Thank you. Oh, but, happy birthday, Miggy. Did, yeah. If you want to give Miggy a gift, uh, you can email him at... Do we have your email on as a, as a banner? I think 420 binary. Uh, there you go. You can email uh, Miggy your birthday card over at 420binary at gmail.com. Also, give him a tip for uh, whatever you. story you want him to do next on our website, CanvasLegalizationNews.com. I'll take it. And, you know, but the thing is, like, you get to the point, too, where... So like I never considered the conversation like rescheduling as a like like a legit like again legalization. It's such a big picture. You become that that meme the the guy from uh, uh, Always Sunny. You know when you're like you know you're like boom. You're I, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> but like the this rescheduling conversation thing that that could possibly happen, uh, uh, it's not going to hurt the presidency, right? It's honestly I don't like uh, as a consumer. Uh, you know, I, I, for the the catalyst, I saw him just do a big ass uh, long anti video about what's going on with California Prop sixty four, and then like other like the uh, uh, what is it the Drug Policy Alliance? Not a, they're not a fan of like this whole reschedule. Nobody, this is not the perfect process, but this is what we got, and this is actually something that can set up you know like a equal among fifty states. You know, I just went to the store yeah. and bought this, right? And look right. at the little logo, like shit, like that is the standardization of things. Like that's going to happen in all across. It needs to happen. Yeah. So you anybody can nationwide federal medical cannabis. Uh, and there's some more stories out of marijuana moment about when we could hypothesize when this will be coming uh, besides the election. So, you know, it's going to be before the election, but then mm -hmm. they are in touch with the marijuana about rescheduling. So top health officials in touch with the DEA. And this came out on the January 15th. And so the head of the United States Department of, of HHS, Health and Human Services, says agency has communicated the agency's position on marijuana rescheduling to the DEA and has continued to offer additional information to assist with the final determination because their science is binding on uh, the uh, DEA's, which is the Department of Justice's actions to reschedule it. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you should. Uh, I just did a video about trigger laws and how all the states after the feds move it before this election, we're assuming, maybe even mm -hmm. before summer, uh, because then there's this public comment period that has to happen before it becomes a final uh, rule. And then that will set out this cacophony of trigger laws all throughout the United States or lawsuits in certain states where they will not reschedule it. And, and you know, honestly, the reason why I say um, I don't care about like the the people involved in the present market, right? Like I know if like when it does, if it does, if it happens for us who are about to be store owners, it's going to benefit us either way, right? It'll benefit us because now we're going to be part of a legit 7-Eleven structured market, right? Whatever. We're going to be store owners, just stores. It's going to be generic and weird. But at the same token, if it doesn't happen, we're still doing really well because now you're in a limited state market and yeah, it's a mini lottery ticket as long as you do things right and not like overextend yourself and all the other if you have a really good operator and you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. yeah, it's still a business. Sure, you have moats around it, but it's still a business. 
Yeah, so I don't see like descheduling it like is not going to be this big boogie man like everybody's going to call because here's here's the thing traditional markets exist right there's been this like and, and maybe it would bring culture back maybe it would bring secret handshakes and but but that's the thing though I don't see like if they're gonna, like roll out this descheduling thing it's not going to be this like uniformative like uh, the police are being uh, arresting people for for having groves right now they're going to be maybe finding for people like people in business, not, not, not people growing for medicine at home, maybe a small collective within their small group of people who, because some sick people can't grow. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, this is medicine. And that's the other nice thing about it. Right now it becomes these scheduled as medicine, uh, recognized as right. Americans have short memories. You know, we, you know, no, we're not going to be like, Oh, you know, back in the day when it was illegal, why was it ever illegal? No, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Let's let's catch in. Let's catch back up with those Americans with short memories. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, uh, what? 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 What was I thinking about there? I was. I was. Oh. Oh, right. Our lead story for today has to do with uh, when will the DEA reschedule? We tend to think it's soon, and the reason for that is uh, among likely voters, fifty-eight percent expressed support for Biden's recent recommendation to move marijuana to a less stringent classification under federal law while well, only 19 percent indicated they opposed it so it's it's super popular and then it's super oh, yeah. duper popular amongst 18 to 25 year olds which is a uh, demographic that has actually been trending to trump maybe because he's a celebrity i don't know uh, but if he wants to go on the and by he I mean, uh, President Biden wants to go on the offensive to try to get those uh, young voters back into his fray. He would want to have this under his um, achievements over the past four years. What have I done oh, for yeah. you lately? I rescheduled weed and, and I made cannabis medicine nationwide. That's not a bad thing for him to be able to tell. Oh, God, I would love to have that. I mean, besides the chip back and all the other infrastructure bills and and even like starting the ball rolling on this. But this also goes to show about this, the whole legislation process, right? This is how shit works, the parliamentary process. You know, we're what, six months, three days from our license uh, approval that hasn't gone in our head. It's just a fucking process. Yeah, it's over <laughs> just, six months. And then meanwhile, we could have just been buying packs and by packs. Uh, I, what is a pound? Is a pound a pack? I don't, I don't know if a pound's a pack. But we could be buying pounds of, of THCA flour from Kush.com at like $1,500 a pound and then breaking it up and trying to sell it in eighths. It's just that, you know, we have jobs. Yeah. I mean, we, we, that's the professional side of things, right? Like, right. like, like that's why, you know, we have valid opinions where we come from the perspective of like industries out there, you know? What up, Jax? Appreciate yep. you. Jax pre-roll. So cool uh, people to run into over at MJ Biz. Good times. Yes. Everyone. Well, our so guest is actually in the in the green room. So we are going to have a, a guest that we also saw at MJ Biz. And we'll be seeing next week when you can find out where we're going to be. But you don't have to hang out with us for that. What's What are we saying, Mickey? Well, you get that PDF that you shared about the legal consequences of rescheduling from the Congressional Research Service. Uh, I do not have that uh, in the hopper, though. Do you have that up, or can you like flip yeah. it to me? Give me a share. Or you, here, you want me just uh, what's that PDF? Uh, what's uh, a PDF? So you can throw it on on Slack, and I can pull it down, or you can just share it. That that oh, one right there. Yeah, yeah. This was pretty interesting. Also, getting back to our main story about when the DEA will reschedule, we have to think it's soon because now you have this from last week. The Congressional Research Service is putting out its official, you know, uh, data publication to the 535 members of Congress about what this means. Informing the legislative debate since 1914. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. who who are they? I don't. This is where having knowing you comes into play, right? Like the law side of things, the the, the rule books are out there. For me, uh, it's understanding tech and, and how uh, uh, things work like that way. But for you, you know, we both understand like coding and how that works. But the law is kind of like that. There's layers of like input, uh, layers of, of sections to go to, like the CSA that you're talking about before. Right. But so, who? Are, what is this? Like the importance of this? Like you brought this up in the Slack. Uh, again, it goes back to when we think the DEA is going to reschedule. These are official government publications. That means that they are uh, making this some, they are forcing the issue. 
So Biden sees that he's going to get uh, popular support for it. His administration is advising the DEA about how to reschedule it. They have put out uh, quotes and services about this, this information to members of Congress so that they can also understand what's going to be happening with marijuana policy from the administration's uh, point of view. This is what they want to see. Uh, and that's that you see all these types of publications coming through. And then you also had last week where they uh, provided us with the unredacted copy. That unredacted copy has to be attached to the uh, interim final rule that will be coming in the Federal mm. Register. And so like I could create a script or something that would just like monitor the Federal Register and see when it seems like the DEA is going to actually publish it. But I think it's probably going to be within the next eight to 12 weeks. So in this letter, though, this 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 advice, the consequences, the legal consequence, they're saying that the FDA is going to be empowered now. Is that what is going on? Well, the FDA uh, worked in concert with the HHS to recommend the rescheduling down to Schedule 3. Mm. However, we've never had a Schedule 1 drug become a Schedule 3 drug that you could then use, uh, usually that goes the other way. So something already is recognized as a drug and it already is in our um, uh, pharmaceutical system so that uh, uh, practitioners can you know, write a script for it and you can go get it. And then they move it mm -hmm. up and they, they restrict it. Here, it's the opposite. And so it's a Schedule 1 going down to a Schedule 3. There are sure. no drugs. Because they, as long as this law has existed, there's never been like the the closest two are Epidiolex and Marinol, you know. Mm, right, right. But like, so like, it's talking about the CSA. What it is Schedule Three? What is it compared with at that point? What 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 is the Schedule Three like? Is it with like Ritalin or? Uh... Uh, it would be steroids, Tylenol, codeine. However, those okay. are approved. There are no approved. Like so, like your Maui mm. Maui is not approved. That's why I we one of the things I'm going to be doing is probably a lot of federal licenses uh, mm -hmm. after this thing gets moved, and then also um, maybe an NDA, a novel drug application. But I don't think we have a novel drug application. What I think is more appropriate is an over the counter or a non, um, you know, uh, I can't remember what they actually call it. I, I did some research into it originally, and you would create this packet for the FDA and submit it on behalf of like the industry saying that all of this shit should be over the counter. Um, all of the, the flour and then uh, fresh extracts, stuff like, you know, the, sure. Everything that's been in the system for decades or well, not millennia. Well, just to go full conspiracist when it comes to like, like the, the law and like how this works, you know, how people were afraid of like the, the, what is it? The, what's the galaxy, the, the Phylos project where, where you where it's like, you know, like you said, your Maui Wowie is not like approved, but maybe these terpene profile or this like, you know, you know, certain uh, DNA profile, you know, would be the next level of that. But that's like now we're 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 we're, we're labeling organics, right? Like, you know, this is like vitamin C is not going to give you scurvy, but we don't, you know, or, or help you not get scurvy. But we don't like label oranges as like, you know, medicinal, even though it does provide that. No, we don't even do it with vitamin C. And so like yeah. the vitamin C that's in it, that's also just a vitamin. And that's kind of what we have with cannabis. You have this flower that has cannabinoids in it and always has for thousands of years. And, but then if you took like the um, cannabinoids and then you made like an extended release capsule that is, you know, um, very specific in its dosing and very specific in its method and like you've done clinical and you've gotten like a, an NDA. So you have like an, uh, a new drug application approved from the mm. FDA for specific uses for that uh, dosage of the actual drug. And that's typically how they, they work. It's not, um, you know, aspirins made from bark of, of trees. They don't right. usually just take the bark of the tree and go like, Hey, that's a schedule three drug. That's, that's aspirin right there. No. Well, they then also that with heroin, like heroin schedule one. But yeah. the poppy plant isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I found one lying in, 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 uh, growing in Redmond at one time when I was walking to work, uh, a poppy plant. So, you know, that's wild, you know, how we don't define these organics. But and I think it'll be a fun conversation with uh, our guests coming up, too, as we get closer to 420. Oh, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. And then remember, all these scientists also don't know shit. And so this is the Justice Department researcher quotes questions 
the 0.3% limit for hemp, saying federal law based on a 1950s anecdote, which is correct. But then he has this hilarious um, thing, and this is doctor, and so he is a doctor, unfortunately, uh, Francis Scott. Actually, maybe he's not a doctor. Uh, Francis Scott is just a physical science uh, scientist at the mm. National Institute of Justice. So, you know, he's, he's not a doctor. But he would yeah. say, okay, these are really tiny amounts, 0. 0.3, 5, 0.4% tiny amounts. Uh, legitimate farmers, uh, that, <laughs> yeah, the, the implication is this legitimate farmer is legitimately trying to grow hemp. They're not trying to grow illicit marijuana and get you high because, quite yeah. frankly, you'd have to smoke a joint the size of a telephone pole to get much off that 0.3% joint, right? Not if that joint is like all other weed. And that weed has, I don't know, 0.35% Delta 9 and 24% THCA. So when you light it on fire, it becomes literal weed. Like, oh, you'll have an experience. Hey, it's 20 past the hour. We're going to take a short break from our sponsor and then join us. We'll have an intriguing guest. Yes, joining us, maybe not even aware of it, <laughs> Mita's founder, Dimitri Downing, that we have not seen since uh, we were on the floor at MJ Biz. We did a live there. It was fantastic. And if you didn't see it, it's because yeah. it was labeled 18 plus. That does happen to a lot of our videos. All the more reason to subscribe. Yeah. And what a nice group. What up, Dimitri? I thought we all agreed to wear little meanings right mm. you didn't get the memo i washed my hair today so no <laughs> he's got that like that famous no. <laughs> plugs for my friend of weed maps and my friends of weed maps oh there you go yes. hey yeah. have you seen that bite off group called weed shrooms like like there's some i don't know i don't think weed maps is part of it but there's some on instagram that looks just like the weed maps logo but they're writing off the whole shroom thing now so uh that's just weird to see like the the writers out there, like the in-between gray zone, making money, who's investing in this shit, peoples. Like, it legit looks like it. I like that. What's it called? It's called Shroom Maps, just Shroom like map. Weed Maps. Yeah. Like, I'm just wondering if they're part of it. It makes me interested. Well, if they aren't, they should get a cease and desist letter. 100%. <laughs> but, Dimitri, what is going on at your neck of the woods, which... I will be visiting on Tuesday. I think I'll be late. It's supposed to rain on Tuesday, and you know how airplanes hate those. Where are you flying out of? I'm flying out of Peoria to Chicago to Phoenix. Yeah, don't they just close all those airports during the winter all the time? Yes. It's so unfortunate. I live right next to Sky Harbor, Phoenix. Our airport's operating 24-7 year-round. Maybe there's Aren't a hundred. you guys going to get rain? I've heard you're supposed Phoenix. to get rain in Phoenix. I'm like, I thought it was a desert. It actually is raining today. So, oh wow! Yeah, absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night, um, we have this annual gathering. Uh, excuse me, this monthly gathering we call uh, it's called Mita, and um, we invite members of the cannabis industry um, who in Arizona are identified by what we by we call what we call FADA cards, but every state has their own way of identifying them, and uh, Mita kind of has grown to support like the rank and file of the cannabis industry from a bud tender with a dream to an owner with an exit strategy although that has negative connotations on owners but anyways um so we invite them all to come network and uh, mm. check out what's new what's happening with talk about the cannabis industry and it's so popular that we have over a thousand individuals at every single gathering nice all, yeah people like get their days off around coming to meet a on the monthly sure yeah, there's like 20, 25,000 of them in Arizona. And, um, you know, so it makes about a million nationwide. And so Mita is an organization mm. kind of designed around supporting them and their mm. education, their networking, et cetera, their other interests. Yeah, so yeah. and uh, Wednesday night we have a special event. We're doing our podcast live, and we will do that right in the middle of about 30 vendors and this thousand people and tom you and uh i and max will be the three hosts and um, fun. Hopefully it'll be a lot of fun 
Yeah, I I get uh, I get to go to. Um, I haven't been to Arizona. I've never been to Phoenix, and so like, it'll be the first time I've ever been to Phoenix. And then also, um, I have court uh, at about three or one p.m. on Wednesday, so that'll be fun. I get to go to it's Zoom court anyway, but then I get to I get to do Zoom court in Arizona, which I've never done. Uh, hey, we do have some news out of Jersey though that is interesting and relevant to the whole industry at large, and I'm wondering if you guys have these over in Arizona. So Jersey has just approved uh, the regulators final rules for consumption lounges. Arizona, Dimitri, do they have consumption lounges yet? No, we do not have consumption lounges. We have some unofficial consumption lounges, but nothing that's regulated. Hmm. Yeah, we don't have in and they have it in Vegas. That's something that they literally have in Vegas. But we don't have it we have it kind of specified in our law here in Illinois and kind of not like we it's it's one of those things where you're able to do it if your zoning allows it and if you have like a smoke shop or a dispensary so a dispensary has the option if they can get zoning to do it at a local level of also having uh, a lounge but there really aren't that many lounges there's there's a few a handful that's it that sounds cool and that's uh this is New Jersey that's Jersey. Jersey is going to have some lounges. And then this is, you always see this. Consumption lounges can't sell food or alcohol. Somebody actually just called me. Well, it's okay, go ahead. Yeah, but what's up with like, why can't a consumption lounge not sell food? So you're yeah. just going to go there and get high and drink nothing but water. And, and, and how long are you going to hang out, you know? You know, ever since legalization started to occur back in, you know, I mean, ever since like 1996, 98 with the California and Arizona medical marijuana and the unraveling of prohibition, it's, it's just all, all these nuances, all these rules and laws are like being pulled out of thin air by, yeah. by people, people that don't even know what they're talking about. The, the the legislatures don't use the product yeah and so they don't know what they're talking about and so like that one guy who works the department of justice saying that nobody can get high on a hemp joint unless it's as thick as a phone booth or a telephone pole because of the 0.3 percent delta 9 level it just demonstrates that you don't know what you're talking about because the plant doesn't make delta 9 like a lot of your flour at a dispensary technically qualifies as hemp it's absolutely wild and it, and it creates what i always refer to as a drug war 2.0 and prohibition 2.0 and uh it just it makes absolutely no sense that's something we're going to have to be fighting for 100 years to come you know i go back to the way it should be because i remember a time when it was just adam eve and the word of god you know not all these rules and regulations it was just the free market and choices yeah. and that's kind of the way it should be there was free markets in Arizona. Arizona has been a millionaires yeah. club since 09. But they were medical. They I had their I recognize the reality, Tom, and I know mm -hmm. you're much better at reality than I am. But I'm just saying that even though that we have these layers and layers of foundation and institutions and rules and regulations and systems and codes and ordinances, it doesn't make them right. You know, but does make them there. They are it, there, though. Well, that's that's why I, I I defer to you when it comes to the real world, and allow me to live in my la la land of you know trying to unravel it. Well, my libertarian ideals. Yeah. But you, you know, it's great. But but here's the thing, right? Because like, there's how it should be, then there's how it's going to be, or how it is. You know, and and the the rescheduling issue, right? Like. Are you pro? I mean, like descheduling obviously be like, yay, but rescheduling. I mean, this is like, what, do you have a dog in a fight? No, I mean, it is what it is. Baby steps. I mean, you know, I'm not you know, too far out there. I mean, Tom's right. It's it's a, it's progress. So it, it, it needs to happen this way and it's going to happen this way. Yeah. Well, the reason why I say this, cause like I, uh, you know, we all have our feeds of like, uh, uh, like Instagram, Twitters and shit like that. And so, like recently, I just saved a couple of recent posts just to show, like, like descheduling it would take away this kind of bullshit. Where like uh, Oklahoma here, Russ Brandon is sharing that uh, they're going to be trying to like, like they're asking for a letter with a thirty million dollar, like some sort of like agreement. Right? There's different ways in business where you can fuck people, right? And 
legislatures know this. Like they're, they're, they're literally going to screw people out. They're squeezing out the market. This is how you shape the market. And then also, I think we're going to talk later how they're asking for caps in Oklahoma. So Oklahoma's wild, wild west. Then you also have Hawaii is going to be trying to pass a bill coming up. So this bill for Hawaii is coming up. But if we had Schedule 3, none of this shit would matter, right? Now we're talking it different would. topics. But then, like, again, this is, well, that's how, I mean, let's just go back to this one. But then that's, well, okay, well, that's well, the wrong. state law will still apply. So Correct. And laws- so, but then there's a uniform uh, practice, Eric. You know, there's uniform yeah. laws that uh, typically what happens is the federal goes, here's the rules. And then the, the states get in line with that. And so if the federals would go, here's the rules, uh, here's another, I mean, like, here's one aspect of it. It's Minnesota. We can go right back to uh, New but Jersey, the- like. A thousand bucks for a micro business to get a consumption endorsement and five grand for a standard mm-hmm. business. So, like those types of fees that they're tacking on for you to become a consumption lounge at the state level, those would still be there. But then mm-hmm. these types of caps, where Minnesota says we're going to need 381 dispensaries at minimum, I think those would still be there too. But if you wanted to have a brand and and you were able to say, like, our dispensary is compliant with federal regulation or our cultivation facility or our extraction facility or our kitchen is compliant with federal regulation. And then all these other states like Idaho and Indiana and Iowa, those are the the shitty eyes. uh, And the the states that just haven't legalized it or like have a legitimate market or have a market that might be too loose, they would all have a federal standard to get behind that they could say like, okay, great. And then can we start exporting it? Can we start doing interstate commerce? Then? Ooh, interstate commerce. Well, so good. it would seem like the best markets would be the ones that don't have any state. Well, they'll still have the state criminal laws in place, like say Idaho, for example. But there's a yes, there's a system. So that's the the video that I just did on trigger laws. Check that out. You know, hit the like, yeah. hit subscribe. You know, and then you'll probably see the trigger law one that I just did come out. So after Schedule Three happens, about half the states. Boom, within 30 days, there's this trigger law that'll happen and they will get in compliance. So that'll like cause breakages to a certain extent. So there'd be breakages in Illinois' cannabis law after that, in my opinion, because now um, all the medical, there's only 55 medical dispensaries in the whole state for 12.6 million people. Uh, All those medical dispensaries are in compliance with federal law, but your other hundreds of dispensaries for adult use are out of compliance. So it's going to be harder for them to do business that these these medical guys don't have to deal with. But in Missouri, that doesn't come up because every dispensary is a hybrid. You're both medical and adult use. So, you know, what, what I see happening is, is you have states like Florida, Hawaii, Arizona, others that have these licensing caps and these very valuable licenses, people who have invested money in them, they will turn around and hire lobbyists and donate money to the state level politicians to crack down and enforce state law even harder, regardless of what the federal law is, so that it will continue to be extremely restrictive for, say, for example, in Florida retails and Arizona retails and Hawaii retails, regardless of what the federal law uh, happens. And, and, And depending on the you know, the number of enforcement agents, the type of enforcement division of different states, each state is going to have its unique form of a drug war going on, its unique form of prohibition going on. I think that's going to happen because the money is there. And I've seen the ruthlessness of these lobbyists. And it, it's wonderful, Tom, and you'll appreciate this, is, you know, you always think that it's the money that tries to protect itself. Well, I watched in Arizona, for example, these lobbyists come out of the woodwork and they know that they can buy and sell public policy. That's their trade. And they would come to some of these less scrupulous cannabis business owners who are just trying to figure out the way around cannabis and educate them how if the lobbyists are paid a little bit of money, they can enhance and protect their rights. So they need to be paid. It's a really, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting process that you know I've watched occur in Arizona about how, how it works. It's not always the greed from the capitalist. I mean, we have set up a culture, a whole system of lobbying that is a business that they're constantly trying to find new ways to get your lawyers, 
or to get the cannabis business owners to buy and sell their relationships with politicians. It's horse shit. I say drain the swamp. Oh, well, no, that's not what's going to happen with Schedule 3. What's going to happen with Schedule 3 is like delightful trolls like this will no longer be able to be a thing. But right now, uh, and if you're joining us <laughs> and you also have the football game on, that's cool. I think it's on halftime and it's 10 to 10. Uh, but uh, Tampa Bay smokes hemp. And so that's one of the things with the federal law. Like they have a very restrictive program down in Florida, but then hemp can be anywhere because they can just call THCA flower hemp. Uh, and then so smoke it. And so Detroit has Tampa Bay smokes hemp trolling <laughs> the Florida market by saying our weed is better than your weed. Take that, Florida. We're, yeah, that's that, whole, that whole hemp uh, regulation and how it's going to break down, it's, it's coming to fruition again in the Arizona legislature, just like it's happening in Florida <clears throat> over the next three months. So you might want to track that and follow that and you know are I they don't trying to that. get rid of delta 8 and thca are they trying to crack down on what it is to mean hemp in arizona well one group is trying to allow for a new hemp regulated program or no change whatsoever and those are kind of the the hemp guys and the other group is trying to make sure that if there is the sale it only happens through the the, the thc regulated dispensaries and, you know, while we work as an organization, mostly with the THC group, we don't get involved in the politics of it. I mean, that's those. We just Do you know how much uh, when the the cells get knocked out of if like rescheduling with, with like the hemp stuff, right? Like this whole like debate about like hemp hot, you know, testing above 0.3 percent, whatever the argument is like coming from a if I was in the business because I see it like with, with Tom and I. If uh, like the whole federal uh, like the regulations, right, to be federally uh, obligated, right? It's just like it's, it sounds overwhelming, but Walgreens is federally ob uh, ha meets requirements, right? Your every store, every business, and every manufacturer meets some sort of federal requirement, no matter where you're at. So, the if I was in the business reading the tea leaves, it would be save up a million dollars for a war chest for the new uh, criteria that's going to be involved, because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be extra just hurdles and, and permits and maybe actually getting your shit properly tested or knowing what you're talking about because supply chain. Yeah, because it's your, yeah. it's your patients and it this is a food. And so expect to be regulated like a food, you know, right. And, and of course, of course, we have to accept that, you know, different regulations are going to fall upon flour, manufactured products, mm -hmm. uh, distribution, transportation, uh, retail, etc. And as we know, you know, time, place, and manner is always something that's protected uh, regulatory-wise at the local level. So, you know, you might even have these weird situations where little cities in Prohibitionville come up with crazy little rules and ordinances and to oh, sure. restrict things. I mean, they already do, but... You know, but people will find a way, right? Like, that's what I, I was saying, like rescheduling it. It's not going to do shit to any real present market, right? Because there has been a traditional market. And if you don't know people that are in, you know, people in the traditional market, like, like here in Washington State, we really did have a pure capitalist market in the beginning. And some people stage themselves properly. They put some money into things and now they're MSOs that people don't even know about, right? Or they just got out. It was like, I am so tired of working, finally. I get my uh, retirement check, right? Like, you know, this is where I'm looking forward to doing business in the actual industry, having no real skin in the game, except for as a consumer, because that's who's going to win when it comes to descheduling it. Because now someone in Kentucky, someone in, in, in uh, 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 I don't know, Alabama, where there's no real, or even Texas, where there's no real fucking medical program or wellness shit, mm -hmm. now you're going to have a chance, right? Because now, now you're going to get arrested. It's federally illegal as a patient you know because i have seeds and i would send them to somebody if they're like hey i'm sick and i want to grow I'm like here you go because i'm not doing anything with them right now like that's the kind of thing about the cannabis not, community thing not weed until you light it on fire yeah so i mean you take texas for example you know say magic wand comes he schedule uh, gets rescheduled you know texas law could i mean it's still criminal uh, all the marijuana activity it could just easily go on like that. There's no reason why they couldn't put people in jail um, for whatever they want to. They don't. They're not under any sort of duty to change. 
Well, it would still take some winning of the sales, though, from law enforcement, right? Because why is Hillbilly Joe going to go try and arrest fucking uh, Nanamas fucking small grow in the back somewhere? Whereas, like, unless you're like, say, uh, you want to be a Cresco or you want to be a, a big business and you want to be and now you have 100 plants and now you're got a, you got your own personal chain because you got someone to sell it to someone to pick it up. You know, you're not selling ounces. You're selling pounds like that's what you need to sell to pay your fucking rent if you want to do something like that, right? If you want it to be the uh, uh, see the sell person. That's one, why one you shot. want a limited market because yeah. you're trying to pay a bill. And so speaking of paying bills, before we get to a name that's trained, this is what they are contemplating over in Minnesota for their limited market. Uh, under local law, under the law, local governments in the state need to have a retail registration for every 12,500 people, meaning okay. 381 retailers in the state of Minnesota. Uh, according to them, I would look at that number and I'd say 1,200 and 500 people. That'll probably be about three to five million dollars a year for your dispensary, depending on what you're selling the the, the weight for. But, um, you know, that's a limited market. That's one of the reasons why they would want that, because then you're able to predictably think about how much cash you'd be able to make if you're a good operator. And that is your that's your segment of the population who you are trying to reach out and have be your customers you know nobody pays me to protect anybody's interests but i always ask myself in what reality is it the government's role to protect uh, or be able to predict the activity of a free enterprise of a, of a business so is that why banks don't have any regulations Oh, wait, banks right. have tons of regulations. And so that's that's what you're talking about. This is like a bank. You have a highly regulated industry, so you have compliance costs. And then if you don't limit the market and you require the compliance costs, you uh, only put the, the the licensed market out of business and you encourage the unlicensed and unlicensed and illicit market. Uh, Maybe so banks should you, have less regulations. I just never really reflected on that. Mickey, let's go start a bank. Yeah. Well, no, the thing is, a load of regulation. No, they, That's one of the no, reasons why there's so much consolidation in banks, especially community well, banks. Yeah. Like casinos, though, right? Like everything has yeah. this like bottom line structure, which is the shitty part of like America capitalism. Like y'all find a need to survive, right? But you know, Dimitri, this could this would behoove you benefit your group and all the other groups because, like, that's the other thing about weed. There's all these auxiliary businesses, right? So, like, you know, because then then now you're growing in the number of players across the United States. Now, now everybody thinks they have a chance, right? Cause you're talking about enabling small business, right? Cause this, this, this is going to like law enforcement is going to come after if you, if you are in Kentucky and they did do a rule against it and you got a hundred plants, you're trying to, you're you probably are Cresco, right? Cause everything costs money, the fucking property, the heat bill, like, oh, are you raising red flags? People you even steal power, but hey, <laughs> uh, we should get yeah. into the oh, next sorry. best thing that we have to do uh, a little bit of name that strain. Let's do some name that strain. It's about a uh, quarter of the hour. All right, everybody. Right now, Demetrius turned in his head into a fantastic looking nugget. Uh, and that's now Mingy is a fantastic looking nugget. This is from Terrapin Care Station, and they are offering a Terrapin original here. Uh, the cultivar has parents called Glass Flipper and crossed with a chunky diesel to create a strain with a tasty terpene profile. That is a, a real exotic, and its parents are Glass Flipper and Chunky Diesel. Give it a Air Station is uh, the name of the farm. A Disney related uh, uh, thing. Uh, a Disney related thing. This one is like a real exotic. And so like, you're not going to be able to get it unless you um, are familiar with Eric Pin care station. I would say, uh, yeah, it's also very often the villain in Cinderella, there you go. Uh, the villains in Cinderella would be uh, it's, it's name. Uh, this one is, I'm not sure why it's, it's called this uh, when its parents are glass slipper. Well, maybe that's why, because of Cinderella, you know, what did she have? And then Chunky Diesel, maybe that's the Prince Charming. I, I highly doubt that. Um, <laughs> that's like a three-inch yeah. snug on my screen. Well, uh, <laughs> it is. This one looks hand-trimmed. It's got a lot of purple uh, hues or, or darker hues in it, and it is quite frosty. 
uh, irresistible yes. aroma, potent effects, and metalody of fruity flavors in each toke, according to this Leafly uh, profile so about it. Yeah, it's not apple fritter. It is kind of close. Uh, what, did, close. what does Cinderella have? And so yeah, Glass Slipper is one of its parents, crossed with Chunky Diesel. And so stepsisters. Cinderella had stepsisters. What kind? Nobody's going to get this. Nobody's going to get this. Well, it's that's just, yeah, it is ugly, ugly stepsisters. That was the name that strain uh, for today, January 21st, 2024. Evil. Yes. Evil stepsisters is very close. And then they were quite evil. I mean, mm. poor Cinderella. She had to scrub everything. Uh, but I really like how it's called Terrapin Care Station. So, yeah. Uh, no. That's a cool little game. Do you just do that once a show? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. We just do that once a show. We should try to get um, uh, cultivators that want to sponsor it. But, Ooh, that'd be that, but again, like first we have to get IRC 280E out of the way so they have a marketing budget. Hey, because marketing Ooh. is never deductible under IRC 280E. So if we can get that out of the way, great. Uh, but then B, uh, we also have to make sure that the social media companies that are out there realize that we are advertising for an adult product for our audience that are, that are, you know, but then is that going to be okay with their terms of service? Like if we were saying like this was brought to you by uh, makerspace, or if this was brought to you by, you can't really say only fans, this, this, con this content is brought to you by only fans. You might, might get upset about that because you're violating no. their terms of service. Well, I've seen, uh, like I listened to Daily Beans, and then they they have a one company I actually reach out to, Microdose, here in mm -hmm. Oregon, that I, I will shill, goddammit. I'm at this point now. You I know, will like, shill. It's Maybe medicine. We'll shill. Let's, I just want to make sure it's a good brand. Do. Make sure that you add that. So it'll say, Miggy420 will shill. Will shill. That one at the bottom. Yeah. But that's the thing, though, man. Like, 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 like you, if you have a quality partner, it's not hard to get sell. Fucking weed, or or even uh, any psilocybins, but but weed be my thing. But yeah, psilocybins are still a scheduled drug. Uh, okay, but we have some shit that we weren't expecting, especially out of Oregon, considering we were just talking about uh, a lot of limited market states. Look at this. An Oregon trade group wants to cap the marijuana business licenses in the state. Didn't think I'd see that coming. Even Oregon's waving the white flag toward the limited markets. I'm oh, sorry, the oh. unlimited markets. And so uh, the Cannabis Industry Alliance of Oregon wants state regulators to restrict the number of licenses to operators in the state. It's already too competitive, they say. Mm. Serve Oregon's consumers without out-of-state export products still not allowed. Well, I mean, sad. I mean, I don't know how to feel. Good. Oh my God! Imagine if they capped, you know, the, the, the whole the whole concept of not competing is just mm. insane. It's That's just insane. in the cannabis industry hard. I mean, like this one. Yeah. Remember, we were just talking about the limit, and so like she says, there's roughly three thousand business licenses for growing and processing and selling marijuana in the state, and what they want instead is one, you know, much much fewer one license per seven thousand five hundred adults in the state before a new one could be issued. So like this isn't the 1500 in Minnesota, it's 7500, which is closer to Washington state's average. Even if that solves the problem of having to compete, which could be a problem in, as interpreted by some individuals, I get it. You don't want to compete. You don't want to fail. Even if it solves that problem, the number of problems it creates <laughs> licensing caps creates is, is astronomical. And I always tell people, you know, be careful with this because it creates this minority report reality where mm. very few individuals can access these merit-based or, or financially-based, you know, licenses. So you're doomed to be, to, 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 to not be able to have the opportunity to participate ever from the outset, which is like a minority report reality. On top of that, if you're, if you care about employees, if you care about labor, if you care about your fellow man, the goal in life, and if you believe that everyone can rise up to be a, you know, a capitalist pig or owner <laughs> or prince or king, whatever you want to call it, a license owner, um, you know, you're creating a situation where people can go about their days 
learning, understanding, acquiring knowledge in dispensaries, cultivations, delivery services, you know, manufacturing, etc. But they can't take it anywhere because the government has created a barrier to entry for them to utilize their knowledge and their skills to take it to the next level. Uh, and that's tragic. And that's kind of what led to the American Revolution when the principalities of Europe created licensing structures called kingdoms where one person owned everything and the serfs couldn't rise up and take charge of their own fate, control their own you know, destiny. I mean, that's kind of what America was based on. And so I, I just don't understand licensing caps. I understand license. Again, again it, it goes back to there are own, there are less now than when I got started. And I'm no, I haven't been a bank lawyer for like five years, uh, closer to six now, actually. Uh, I still have some bank clients, not, not really. But um, I could try to get more bank clients if I wanted. But there would be fewer bank clients to get because there's only like 4,000 bank licenses in the United States. Wow. So if you look at banking as if you look at it like it is cannabis, uh, then it makes a lot more sense. So if you're going to require me as the business owner of a dispensary to get open and spend approximately $2 million on becoming operational because you're going to require us to do a substantial build out to a facility where you would never require this from a liquor store. And then you're going to require, which you would never require for a liquor store to do either, uh, uh, like severe um, surveillance and, and lighting, uh, you know, mandates, and then a special use permit as well at the local level. Uh, and the cost of operating this surveillance system, which is mainlined to the state police in HD with every ingress and egress door trained uh, on somebody's face in high definition, and then you back all that stuff up for 90 days on site and five years off site. And then you also have to card everybody. Everything needs to be seed to sale, completely inventory controlled, checked so that not an ounce goes missing. And then you have to put it into a vault and then like tell people like how to sell weed and be compliant with the rules and the procedures that you've told the state that you're going to do. If you're going to cost that much to operate, that's why you need a limited license because you have to make that license have enough cash flow to pay for the compliance. That's it. So everybody, everybody in chat is saying that they already have a moratorium. And, and so even if they do that, have, I mean, so like the article apparently is like the, the group wanting the Alliance wanting like this official, right. To make this official because the moratorium is just a pause. Another legal part of this whole process. Um, will they put successfully pull it off? Maybe because like the consumer don't care. Right. Who's going to speak up against this? Who's going to call the, the legislators and be like, hey, I don't agree with this. I want more uh, uh, open markets in my in my state. I want a fair market because you know who got away with it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma did the same thing where they first required a three year residency. Right. I had a buddy who was going to go out there and do you know, like like everybody has this dream. You're going to you're going to be a grower. You know, I don't want to be a grower. I fucking, you don't want my weeds. I'll, I'll tell you which one's good weed, but I'll smoke it and tell you it's worth it, whatever it's worth. But, you know, and that's every level of business has that thing, right? You you know what part of it you're in. And so, like, like the, these caps are messed up. It's un-American. Like, you're talking, Dimitri. It's not even, like, but also the, the entry level. It's not fair, too, right? This whole, like, there are security requirements. Because Tom always has the side of the business conversation. Like you had that, like, this is what they're saying. This is what they're going These to the, the rules. They're just saying, this is what they're doing. Do you want yeah. the license or not? This is what they said. You know, that's, that's, that's my yeah. practicality you know, about that. It. But the part, I mean, Tom, you're right. But so take, for example, you know, Illinois, you know, that $2 million barrier to get open is there for everyone. And if you can't raise the $2 million to comply with the state, well, then you're not going to get in. So, and that's fine. That's unfortunate. That means the state's creating a system where only the wealthy people who can, only the wealthy people can win or those who know how to find investment capital. But if you create a licensing cap on top of that, you're, I mean, I understand you're protecting their market share, but that's not the government's role. You know, right. Like well, then if and you need to come down on the compliance costs, if you're going to go up on the license limit, you need to come down on the compliance costs. Yeah. But speaking of non-practical things, we have a celeb stoner <laughs> article out of uh, Idaho. That's when you know you're asking for it. When you uh, yeah. and it's an activist, Dana Beal, 
busted for marijuana trafficking in Idaho. Uh, bail was set at 250,000 buckaroonies. So Irwin Dana Beal is behind bars in Gooden County Jail in Southern Idaho, which doesn't sound fun at all to me. Uh, how many pounds was he in? Let's see. More than 25 pounds with intent to distribute in Idaho. A mandatory minimum sentence of five years in jail and a $50,000 fine. So wild. You know, now he's a little man, too, at this point. Like he's, he's, yeah. this, this he's 77. He yeah. is 77. And he just got busted for weed in Idaho. Somebody has a retirement plan. Again, got him, right? Hey, good good job, law enforcement. Got him. Yeah, right. yay. You just saved a bunch of people from getting the munchies. I don't yeah, know. He doesn't have to pay a damn thing until he gets released in like 10 years after it's completely federally legal and pardoned. And he got 10 years free rent. <laughs> I mean. Nobody I would say that. That's no one would say that. No. But, You've got some great viewers, man. I'm reading the chat room. I love this stuff. Oh, there yes. we go. Uh, they're, they're, they're all there for you, dude. Uh, hey, we, we finally figured it out. Uh, we now know, according to Washington State University, they didn't quite win the national championship this year, but they did figure out how cannabis activates specific hunger neurons in the brain. That's right. Uh, researchers have solved the munchies. And so now we know what happens. And so this is out of Pullman, Washington, the journal Scientific Reports published uh, their research on mice, of course, because why would you just give weed and some chips to some regular stoners? But they said that what happens is when mice are given cannabis, neurons come on that typically are not active. There's something important that happens in the hypothalamus after smoking weed. Uh, they said that this research says this cannabinoid one receptor known as a cannabis target, controlled the activity of a well-known set of feeding cells in the hypothalamus called Atuga-related protein neurons. And from that, they used a chromogenic technique, which acts as a light uh, to switch on various uh, nerves. And they uh, allowed them, or they triggered them, to eat. But then when they did not smoke that, that nerve was not stimulated, so it no longer promoted appetite. There, we have a theory of why you get the munchies based on Washington State doing some research on it on mice. Wow. I wonder if they can reverse that. Use it as a, like, scientifically, can you do that? Tom, you'd know more than I would. Uh, probably, but then, like, you know, it would just, that's like a GLP. That's like the <laughs> Ozempic. That's the thing that everybody's on now that is just going to allow you to lose all that weight. Imagine 20 years from now, there's a cannabis brand that's marketed as a dietary mm -hmm. aid. Yeah, sure. that's, yeah, some people are saying THCV does that. Uh, I've heard that. Let's get the studies done. Now that it's going to be Schedule 3, let's do some science and see if THCV actually does suppress appetite. But uh, THC may trigger neurons to turn on that make you hungry. Says every lippy. THCV. I'm interested now. Yeah, THCV is supposed to be the non-munchy one. Hmm. Pharmacological activation of CB1R, which is the CB1 receptor, attenuated. I, I always have to look that verb up. Inhibitory synaptic tone, also those, uh, onto hunger-promoting and julio-related peptide neurons within the MBH, uh, the hypothalamus, uh, mediobasal area of the hypothalamus, of course. How often when you guys buy weed, do you actually buy it for the or specific like insomnia? Like occasionally I get like a CBD thing, like a joint heavy, but there's not really too many times that I go, I wish this had CBG or CBN. I just go, I'll take an indica and hopefully put some in my ass. Uh, you know, sometimes I think I would, I would do that more often if they're I mean, a lot of the extracts. So a lot of the edibles have a lot more blended, uh, terp or not terp cannabinoid profiles. Um, I do have some CBG flower. I've been meaning to smoke. I just smoke the stuff with THC in it instead. My lunch money was basically my, my weed money in school. Like <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, it's it just, uh, as a consumer, you know, uh, I really do think these schedule would benefit consumer overall, right? Because there would, it would establish uh, a fairness where like people have a chance to grow, right? Because now there's you're dis disincentivize law enforcement, right? How, how many times 
you know, you, you grow in some apartment and somebody sees it out your window and, uh, uh, you know, the, the law enforcement's called and now you're in trouble. Well, if they show up this time, fucking take it to court. Fucking ride it out, baby. You, you got protections, kind of, sort of. A little bit. That's one of the reasons why I am kind of excited about it going to be Schedule 3 so that you actually have the ability to um, have like a medical defense. And, mm -hmm. and that would be nice. We'll see that in the future, though, because that's our show. And if you've been tuning in, we we really do appreciate it. And especially if you're a subscriber, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully you like the, this and um, check out that Trigger Law one that I did. I'm not sure what I'll do next. We are ex offering executive producer credits if people have ideas. And then yes. see us on Wednesday. Uh, me and Dimitri will be hanging out in Phoenix. Are we going to go live? Do you want to go live on that one? We can, yeah. Provided that Phoenix has 5G, we could we could rig something up. There's a lot of people there, so we'll figure that out. Awesome. All right, everybody. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with more cannabis legalization news. Yeah, buddy.